Hi, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the NSL's podcast for Belkate Mel Hoops Watson. I'm joined by not my deadly duo partner, Buddy will do. It's John. How are you? I'm good, mate. It's good to be back. Good, good man. Good to have you back on. Just want to say, people who are already in the chat, Craig White and Sam Robbie Nielsen is a great and clown. I think we all agree. Monty, Ryan Kelly, Kaiser, the list goes on. Paul McFarland, great to see you. And Buddy as well. Hope you're keeping well. Egyptian King, and that's already on, and it's great to see. But I mean, it's been a, kind of a wonderful, kind of weird kind of weekend for football. You've seen Celtic win a stop start game 2 0. We're top of the league by two points, 36 games unbeaten, equaling, I think, Postacoldu's record at Brisbane Roar, which is fantastic. Um, a weekend where we've seen Ali Burke score a, a last minute winner for Werder Bremen. There was Messi got an overhead kick doing it. It's just been a, a cracking, wacky, wonderful weekend of football. And we'll start at Paradise, another full house, John. A win that was kind of a slog, in my opinion, a bit of a stop-start game. I thought the, the referee, Clancy, I know people. I know there's been a lot of them photos going around here to give us zero yellow cards, blah, 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 blah. Who gives a shit? But in regards to the game, I thought the whistle was heard more than the actual ball being kicked around. But we got the win in the end, and as we always do, a brief summary. What did you think? Aye, listen, we've done enough to obviously see the game out. Hearts is never easy, regardless. Uh, They're always a tough game. Um, And like you say, we were a wee bit slower than we have been recently. Uh, Like, we didn't seem up to the same sort of pace and tempo uh, as we did previous games. And, like, I I think even on on Friday, um, I think a lot of us were confident we were going to hit three or so goals uh, just off the back of the Kilmarnock game because we were just steamrolling everybody. But... Again, these these games are going to happen every now and again. You're going to have instances where, like, the referee's constant stop starting may may sort of bring the tempo down or whatever, or, or maybe even Celtic just no moving out of a certain gear. I don't like it, but like we obviously they, they need to maintain this for the course of a season. So we're going to have games where maybe temp, the the the, the tempo will dip. But I, I, I listen. We've done enough to see us get the three points, and and as he says, we the other results that. Uh, the weekend, it's obviously put us in a uh, good position now. Yeah, it has done, as I said, two points clear, getting that kind of momentum going, four wins on the trot. It's like that psychological build-up to the, the Glasgow Derby on the 3rd of September, but I do want to make people aware, I haven't reviewed the Super 6 league at the minute because there is a game being played at the moment between Liverpool and Manchester United, so we'll get the outcome on that on Friday show. I, I don't think any, by the way, given the results <laughs> this weekend, I don't think anybody's really moved. I think it's probably going oh. to be the same as last time. The, the results have been absolutely mental. To be fair, I think Francis, he, he seems to have his finger on the pulse when it comes to this sort of thing. He's probably moved up or stayed where he is. But in regards to that, we'll be having the update on Friday because I was convinced I was going, why is it not updated? But Ross Ravi informed me that there's a game tonight. Yeah, so that's why. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll move into the, the players and there's been a lot of talk around Mieta. Now, it's not a negative or anything at all. Like, it's just a wee debate around him. He did get an assist, but I've heard a few murmurings and from yourself, John. You brought it up before in a podcast about maybe bringing him on the latter stage of the game when the teams are tired, but then people counter that by saying he does the job for the 60 minutes in Abada or um, Forrest comes on and finishes it off, so to speak. But I'll give my take on it. I don't really think, from what I've seen this season, he has like the the instinct to take on a man. He doesn't seem to like go down the byline, although he did whip in a cracking ball, but that was from Uranovic's play, into the bang, it was Kyogo finished it. I just don't see him being that player for us, and he always cuts back, and he, he plays the ball back, and I know Postacoglu, we've heard it many times before, 
City doesn't like that style, but Mena does bring a lot in terms of pressing. But for him coming from, he's more effective in a team that opens up and he can counter, he can get in behind, finish off at the back post or link up the play of Kyogo like he's done in the last couple of games. But where do you stand on it? Because I know you were talking about it before, before even anyone else brought it up. Well, listen, I like, I like my dad. I, I think he's a cracking player and he's certainly got a lot to offer us. Uh, but I, 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 just as of late, I guess, uh, I, I don't know, maybe maybe uh, based on what I'd seen him last season, I was expecting him to start this season. Uh, uh, it's difficult to sort of say, but I, feel like you, I agree with what you've said in that uh, beating a man, he doesn't seem confident in, in beating a man. And he, he's certainly got the pace to knock a ball by someday. We've, we've seen players in the past uh, who weren't particularly the best footballers, and I think Dyson is a good footballer. Utilize the pace uh, in order to get by somebody, but Dyson seems a bit reluctant to, to sort of do that, uh, and he, he does pass the ball back quite a lot. I, I thought his assist for the goal was perfect, um, but I, I I don't know. I, I still think there's something missing um, with Maida, and I, I would I would maybe be looking to start or or, or start a badder even uh, in the mm-hmm. next game. Um, just to sort yeah. of see how that works, bringing Dyson on in the sort of latter stages when, when legs are a wee bit more tired and then seeing if with fresh legs uh, it can have a wee bit more an impact. But like I said, 99% of the games we play in, we're going to dominate possession. And it, it's difficult to sort of say when, when you're in that much control with a game, how, whether or not a player is... Uh, aye. <laughs> We've all been telling them all week, I hope you've got that sorted... Story it helps me sleep. I was used to it. I don't know how the fuck it helps you sleep. I don't, it's the rhythm. I'm all about the rhythm, but as you were saying. Aye, so I, I, like I said, it's, it's difficult to sort of uh, be negative towards a, a Celtic player's performance, per se, because we're controlling games. And you'd have to be a, a whole other level of shite to know be making any sort of impact at all given the, the amount of possession we're having and, and how, how much we control games but with that being said I think that as a collective and when you look at the team there's certainly it doesn't look as strong I guess than other guys going forward if that makes sense mm. uh, I just think I just think there's something missing there I don't know if it's maybe a confidence thing or whatever but uh, last season like listen he's work great and everything else is fantastic oh. and uh, it, it, I, I, like I say, I like the guy. I think he's got a lot to offer us. He's a great football player. He'll score goals. He'll get assists. I just think there's something missing at the minute, or and I don't think that I think, or or at least we're missing something by starting him. Is what I guess I, mm. I should say in league games because I think, it, and, and we touched on this uh, a couple of episodes ago. Um, when it comes to Europe, I think when teams are much more open against us and they've got a little bit more space in behind them and we are going to be on a counter-attack at times because we're not going to control games with the way we do in Scotland, then he's certainly going to be somebody we can take full advantage of because you can knock the ball forward, get in behind somebody and then obviously take advantage of the pace that he's got. Uh, but when when we're, you're, you're spending 90% of the game in the final third of the pitch, movement is sort of minimal for him. And I don't think that plays to his strengths. Uh, so I guess in that sense, I think maybe... Or, I'm not saying it should be the way going forward because I think we're going to see a lot of rotation, but maybe starting a bad uh, against Dundee United. Or at least that's what I would do, just to, just to sort of change the dynamic up and see, what, see uh, how things go for there. 
Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, Jed Thomas coming in, can't believe some fans are giving Dyson stick. It's not sticking my part, Jed. It's just coming up with, especially with John said, I mean, taking on a man, beating a player, eliminating the opponent, he doesn't seem that confident or willing to do so. But the other aspects of his game, like everyone touched on in the comments, his work rate, his pressing, the best stats and stuff, that, that's fantastic. He has the other game. But I think in a domestic, once people are sitting in, you don't see the best of Dyson. And I think you'll see that in European football, as John rightly said there, when it's pumped over the top, he can probably beat nine times out of ten the right back or centre back, whoever it may be, who were playing for pace anyway. And you'll see that being exploded more. But we'll go into the, the first goal, and it's Kyogo. Very bit of play. Kyogo with the one touch finish, turning the Jack and Macca. So these are uh, one touch finishes, John and me. But it's just it's great to see him. And he's already come out and said that he's aiming for twenty between now and I think uh, Christmas time and then you'll see you'll see that he gets after that. But Kyogo firing all cylinders and we're going to come on to Yakimagas later. It does bodes well for the team. The confidence you can see Jada, Rio Hatate is coming back into the fold. It's just great to see Kyogo put that injury behind him and continue where he left off. No. I, I, I just want to comment on what the, the, the what Jed said as well. I don't think it's a... You, we need to be careful about what we're saying when Celtic fans have a comment about a player that's maybe no totally supportive. It doesn't necessarily mean we're being negative or we're looking for a scapegoat or we're attacking a particular player for any particular reason. As I said, I like Dyson and I think he's got a lot to offer us. I just don't think I think the way that we control games and everything else, it doesn't play to his strengths. So why not look at an alternative or try something else? That doesn't mean that I don't think he's or, or I'm looking for a scapegoat or I'm making him a scapegoat and I don't I think it's unfair to say. Uh because people people are allowed to have opinions on different things and it's all right to agree and disagree, that's fine. Um but I don't think it's fair to say that the people are attacking somebody or looking for a scapegoat. Um, and like I said, the way we are at the minute under Ange and how much we're, how much we control games and the fact our records, I mean, our record speaks for itself at the minute. Like you said, was it thirty six unbeaten, yeah, thirty three wins, three draws, whatever the case is, and it's it's very very hard to be critical of a Celtic player because you're you're controlling games so much, you're dominating games, so I don't think it's a case of us being overly critical or looking for a scapegoat or anything like that because we're absolutely flying and there's there's nobody in that side that you can turn you can actually purposely point a finger at and say they are shit like they don't deserve yeah. to be there. Um, but there is certain players who, when looking at them, you're maybe going, "Is he the best option Here, to start?" Here's one for you, John. Now, I think this is interesting. Strains of the doctor says if you're in the mood to criticize someone, I'd be telling Calmack to get his finger out of his arse, get his slippers on against the Jambos, wake up, mate, and get busy. What do you think about that? Again, I mean, that's an opinion he's entitled to. I thought Cal Mack was all right. But again, that entire team on on, on Sunday was a wee bit... Like, they, they all looked like they had their slippers on. I don't think much of them got out of second gear. The pace wasn't there that we've seen in previous games. We didn't look like as clinical as normal. Uh, we were quite happy to just pass the ball about. And like you say, the, the constant breaks in the game sort of disrupted some of the flow. Um, so again, it, it, it's difficult to sort of pinpoint a particular player and, and hold them to account for anything that happened. We won, we didn't concede. We're still, we're still unbeaten. We're top of the league. There's nothing to be overly critical about. But like I said, you're allowed to say, "I didn't. His performance in this particular game wasn't good enough," and that's fine. Yeah, I think Kaiser comes in. It's constructive critique. Nice word there. I mean, for me, that could have been hard to say, but I actually said it. Improvements that could be made to the players, no malice exactly. in it. 100%, exactly. 100%, Kaiser. And we're looking forward to having you on the show for the first uh, of the fewer takeover this Friday coming. So 
get their seatbelt on. It's well, it probably one hell of a ride for that. Like, but I think as well, I think as well, like you look at the team, and it's not trying to find negatives or point out criticisms. And that's another great point that it does look a bit sore. Maybe Ange is protecting against injuries, especially for the European campaign, or well, maybe it's a different style. I mean, I, we, we obviously don't know what instructions Ange has gave the guys prior to the game, but he even said in his press conference it wasn't your usual sort of self. And we didn't hit the gears Ange himself. Like he's aware, he's seen the same thing that we've seen. We weren't hitting the same sort of strides we have been previously. And I think that's going to happen throughout the course of the season. I don't think it's any one particular individual's fault. I'm not going to sit here and point the finger and say, it's his fucking fault, it's his fault, it's his fault, he's shite, he's shite, he's shite. But if a player maybe isn't performing to the level I'm expecting him to perform, then I'm well within my right to say he needs to step it up. Like Strangelove says, he thought Calmac wasn't up to par against Hearts. And again, he's entitled to that opinion. And I think it's all right to be like that. We have to, I mean, of course, we're going to be critical of some players, but we can't just sit here and go, everybody's fucking perfect. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Phil McGinley's even commented a few players. We've started something here, so there's definitely something in the water. Fumato O'Reilly has been a bit too quiet this season. Confident we've got the gears. Again, I, I actually agree with that one. He does oh, look I a bit agree as well because I mean, No, listen, we said at the start of season, I, I, I definitely said start of season. He was already, I, I was just shooting for player of the year, start of season. But he's no, he, listen, I'm not saying he's been bad because he's no, but he's no hit the same sort of, I don't know the level... I'm expecting it. A lot of these players now have set a bar, right? And let's say the bar's here. I said this last week. If you if you've set the bar here and you perform here, that's not a bad thing, but it's still no there. Do you know what I mean? Again, we're not criticizing players. We did win in the weekend. We're just obviously bringing up different points of view. You know, there's people in the comments are getting involved, which is great and to that's see. That's a valid point and- as well, Kevin, because Hatati has been out and we've had to put O'Reilly in with Turnbull, yeah. which we commented on last week as well. Whether or not that partnership's going to work or or be, I don't think it does. Maybe nah, maybe you're losing something with having the two because they're so similar. Uh, you touching on Calmac, maybe need to get his finger out. I, I think we, we maybe even putting like Hatati back and that sort of swap him with Calmac and then see how things kind of work. Because um, I think Calmac certainly offers us more a wee bit further forward. There's things that we are allowed to discuss and talk about as, as fans. It doesn't mean that anybody's right or anybody's wrong, but you're allowed to have that discussion. I don't see the problem in it. No, there's no problem with discussing. Alistair Jack comes in with another great point. His comments about only the beginning gets me excited. It's, I know when he was talking about the transfer window, we're never standing still. We always fought in previous years. We, we kind of played on the, the strength. We never actually exceeded it or signed players to keep going, but Alan certainly wants to do that. And to move on, you mentioned Rio Tate. Great to see him back. He was fit for last week's game, but obviously the plastic pitch played a big part he didn't feature. He came on and I thought straight away he offered something different. And the timber, the Turnbull doesn't really, in my opinion, the, the work rate side of things. Um, Hatate's range of passing is fantastic. And yes, Turnbull can pull off some magnificent assists, but I think Hatate edges it for me and he should be a starter. I don't think the O'Reilly and Turnbull project is working, much like the Rodgers one didn't either. There's not enough kind of cohesion. They're trying to go off and do their own things and link up play, which is great, fantastic. But Hatate for me, is like a wee dynamo. He does both. He tracks back, goes forward, can chip him with a goal, and he plays a killer pass. And the other occasions, obviously, Kyogo and Jack and Marcus on the pitch of this, what he looked great. Come on, what about yourself? 
I, I, I said it as well. I think that Hattati's definitely the man that I think is going to be starting. I didn't expect him to start against Hearts because and just historically hasn't been known to guys coming returning for injury to throw them straight back in the deep end. But he obviously came on and the, the, the dynamic changed and he did he did get a game. He did get his, his chances and we certainly, I certainly seen an improvement when he came on, I felt. I, but I think Hattati's got to be the man going forward, like I said. But, but there's nothing wrong with anybody in that team at the minute, and I think they're all solid enough, especially in the SPFL. It's, it's, like I say, it's because we dominate games so much, it's hard to be critical. I think Charles Webber, Benz is very strong, and I can mix it up and sleep it. Again, that whole, the size of the squad he's building. And one pair I want to touch upon, it caused a bit of a, a debate between us, especially, John, was Christopher Julien. Is on his way to Mount, pa- Mount Pollier again. Butchering the name, but you get what I'm saying. He's he's over there for a medical. And what did you? What team has he got, Stephen? Mount Pollier. What? <laughs> what is it? What is it? <laughs> well, you you said you said Montpellier. Montpellier. That's the same thing. You just pronounce it a French accent. But Julian, <laughs> you did a Joey Barton in Marseille. Didn't know in French. <laughs> But uh, he's he's away to Montpellier. There you go. Um, medical undergoing at the minute. Take his, can't really say he's a big miss, but he, he's going to be leading Celtic Football Club like I predicted. So how you feeling now? I like him, man, and I've I've, I've been I've, I've said it previously. I I still felt he he, he certainly he offered additional competition. Uh, I think Jens coming in definitely sort of put the nail in that coffin, so to speak. Uh, and Jens has been. Superb for us since he's, he's came in. I think. Uh, so it, it, listen, it, it, and if if there's a team willing to take him on, then I wish him nothing but the best. I like him, and I think he's going to be a success wherever it goes. So I think it's a great. If if it if that move definitely is like I say, I've not really read much about it, but by all accounts, it's definitely happening. Then I wish him all the best. I think he's still a cracking player. Yeah, and Paul Paul Dacum's in even though what a terrible comfortable win. It's. I have a weird thing about it. I'm not over ecstatic about the win. As I said, I thought it was a bit sticky in patches, but them games are the ones you need to grind out, get the victory, and that's the, the cliche sign of champions. But Kyogo and Jack and Magus, John, they're both scoring. I think Kyogo, they're both on three, aren't they? Or is Jack and Magus on two? But what, they're, they're both near each other anyway, but yeah. go, going forward, it's great to see because you can kind of switch that and then there's obviously been calls to bring in a third striker. We'll move on to the, the guy who's coming in soon. Well, undergoing a medical two at us, apparently, in Lennox Town, as we're speaking. But at the minute, Kyogo and Gigi, not a partnership, but what a goal-scoring combination they are. Aye, and it's fantastic knowing that you've got somebody, regardless of who's starting, or somebody on the bench who you can bring on, and, and you're confident that they're, able, they're going to be able to score goals. It's it, It's been a while since we've had that many good, Sort of goal scoring options, um, and I it's, it's great, and and I think I said as well that um that, that everybody in that team is well aware of their position within Celtic, and they know they're going to get their chances, and they need to obviously step up when those chances come. Uh, and he says that Jackie Marcus is going to get, he, although he's been Kyogo's primarily been the starter, he's going to get opportunities where he's going to come in and start in that as well. And like I said, having you've got confidence regardless of who starts. You, Either of them are going to score goals or or, or or can score goals. And I think come the end of the season, both of their goal tallies is going to be pretty high. Oh, 100%. I think straight the doctor here. 
It's the hardest working Celtic side I think I've seen since O'Neill. Maybe even more so with that press. It's incredible to see. I'm just being picky with my, my groans and grunts. 100%. I think we all are. We're trying to find something to talk about and debate about as well. And you look at it, and there's been a lot of debate that already this weekend about the officiating in Scottish football. That's come back to the, the forefront of people's arguments. I mean, even in the game against Hearts, the amount of times that they called Kyogo offside when he wasn't, it was, it was incredible. The two yellow cards that Robbie Nielsen had a wee cry about in his clown shoes were proved to be yellow cards. The referee and expert in Sky Sports was like, why is he complaining? Fair enough, you move on. Then you go to the other game. Maybe one of them was a red card, but the, the elbow in the face definitely was. But the standard of officiating is absolutely shocking in Scottish football. And VAR, if it's held by the same guys who are in control of matches, it's doomed from the start, in my opinion, like. Uh, listen, uh, we've been very, very vocal here about the standard they officiating in this country and the referees, and I've not been shy of calling them out either. And it's it's never going to change. And I've, I've said it repeatedly: like the standard of refereeing in Scottish in Scotland and just Scottish referees in general is absolutely shite. And what we just have to make do it. And the, the only thing we can do as a team is just put games to bed. In their own way, and no rely on anything else, and no give anybody any excuses. I know Robbie Nielsen wanted to come out, and he started throwing out absolutely ridiculous stats that made no sense. Like, oh, Celtic had fifteen fouls and no cards, and we we had eleven and two red cards. It's like you need to understand. You're a fucking professional footballer, and you're a manager. How do you not understand the difference between a foul and a bookable offence? See yeah. if you're no. See if you're committing a foul, like. You're going to have fouls throughout the course of a game. Every team commits fouls throughout the course of a game, but not everything you do is a bookable offence. So see if you're actually wiping players clean out and you're doing it numerous times. You have no option to be getting a red card, so I don't know what he's greeting about. Uh, I think Clancy's an absolute fucking terrible referee like everybody else in Scotland. Colm's a fucking terrible referee. But all the greeting about... like and the, the, <laughs> All this talk about how there's a conspiracy now that it's all favouring us... Hilarious. Well, a little bit. But here's one for you. I heard you talk about the MLS, the kind of franchise they have and stuff to sort out the TV side of things. What would you do to sort out the refereeing side of things? Is it a case of employing from overseas, lower leagues in England, even over here in Ireland? There's some good officiating in, in the League of Ireland. That's so much yeah, no, I, listen, I, would, I, would, I would be bringing in for any country bar Scotland. It is. It is know, listen, you, you genuinely can't do worse, right? See... Bringing in referees for, I mean, th- th- that's the level we're at. Bobby Madden went down to England, and what tier is he in? League two, he refereed League two. Exactly. Yeah. That, that there's a Premier League referee in Scotland went to England to referee League two games. I mean, that that's the kind of level you're dealing with. I would be bringing in referees for Europe, and one of the things we need to avoid. And, and a lot of people can say, how can you say that? It's it's blatant to me, and I, I mean, throughout the years we've seen it. it, it there's ref, certain referees who have a distinct bias towards certain mm-hmm. teams, and I don't think it's wrong to say that that doesn't play our part in some of their decision making because it absolutely does. Um, Unconsciously, maybe, but it shows. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I mean, it, you, we've seen it. Like, how can you turn around and say that that's not the case after watching it for years and years and years? <clears throat> A great point, by exactly. But but I he's doing everything he can to favour us, and that it's fucking ridiculous. But listen, I think it's it, it's it's the standard of refereeing in this country. What I, and I've said it numerous times. You would look elsewhere 
if it's England, Ireland, like just anywhere across Europe, really, it just bring them in for, to officiate games because, or at least the referees coming up through the game in Scotland have them actually do it in a, a much more professional sense because as far as I know, they're no... I mean, fucking, we've got Douglas Ross as a fucking referee here. Do you know what I mean? That's a Tory MP as a referee. It's like, embarrassing. It, it is embarrassing. And, and, and you don't see that anywhere else. And, like, we need to just stamp that shit out. Referees coming through need to be done. It needs to be, they need to go through proper channels. They need to be fully blown professionals, full-time professionals. And we need to start looking, as it stands at the minute, overseas. I think Paul Dye comes in here. Unfortunately, the standard of the ref usually matches the standards of the league, which is correct. The money, he brings it back to the money side of things, John. And I think that's a, a fair argument because without the money and investment, and we see these crap TV deeds from Sky, Lee Doncaster milking the teats from Sky Television when they do fuck all for the Scottish League, and you see them accepting absolute yes. horrible TV deals to, to fund it. And then you, you go into it, and you're right, Douglas Ross, an MP, refereeing games, he obviously has biasism as well. I think there, there should be an avenue where you can say your team who you support and just be put away from that kind of environment. Move it on to someone else. Look outside the, the fucking stratosphere of Scottish football for a referee. Pay them more money. I remember watching the, the referee and kind of training on Sky Sports that they do in England. That's proper professional. I know there's obviously issues down there as well, but Jimmy Carragher was doing it. And he was blown out of his hoop when he was trying to see the referees up here. It seems like they just park the car up in the car park, walk in and do the job. Do you know what I mean? That's like a Sunday league type shit. But see that in the VAR room, if the money's to wrangle the sort of way where it was a Scottish referee officiating it, getting overseen by like a Spanish German referee in the VAR room, obviously you can do that kind of digitally and virtual. Would you be for that? Aye. Because it removes an element of bias. I mean, let's say we're in a position where you're introduced VAR, right? And th th this is going to come across as like some sort of fucking uh, conspiracy or whatever it is, but I'm using this as an example, right? This is just as an example. Uh, I mean, imagine you're in a position where Douglas Ross is refereeing an outfit, uh, a, a derby game. I'm nearly fucked up there. He's, Douglas Ross is <laughs> I know, refereeing a derby game, right? And in the back, you've got uh, Dallas and that reviewing VAR and everything else. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're going, to, their bias is going to play into that, but I think that it's 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 a ridiculous position to be put in, and you're getting guys who are completely incompetent, and and I don't think are fit to do the job. Far too much power. VAR should be coming in to be to sort of remove that. I mean, the whole purpose of VAR itself was designed to remove any sort of element of doubt for referees. And time and time again, we've seen that even in England and in Europe, they still get the audience calls wrong. So I have absolutely no faith that that's going to change. Yeah, Phil McGinley, with VR coming in, it's one it's one of the reasons why we have to be so clinical in games to take every chance. Going to see many goals disallowed, very, very tedious things, it's a sleeve, being offside, 100%. I, I don't like that kind, of, that kind of aspect of it. I think it's still very robotic. In the, in the way it's going and apparently at the minute John Manchester United are winning 1-0 <laughs> shocked to us all but I think in terms of the VAR the, the whole lines and if your finger nails off they need to sort a lot of it out because I see the Bundesliga seem to have it nailed the Premier League are have, still having teething problems two years down the line I think it's going to be utter chaos when it comes into Scottish football with the absolute button merchants here controlling it do you know what I mean it's, it's crazy to think that well, as I you think, said I you think... could have 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But step one in terms of VR in this country and, and making it a success and making it work is you need to sort the refereeing issue at first. Uh, he's a linesman now, but he, he has refereed <laughs> games in the past. What yeah. I'm saying though is you can't have the. I mean, you're looking at even as a linesman, you're classing, you're classifying these guys third, fourth, fifth officials, or whatever the case is. These guys then get employed to do stuff in the VAR room, the video, and that's where it becomes a, a potential issue as well because you've got far too many potential bias making decisions, and we we're all going to see it, and this is what I think is going to make it even worse because we are going to be watching games, right, when VAR is implemented, and there's going to be a decision made that actually goes against either us or any other team, and then fans are going to be like, well, that was clearly a foul, or that clearly wasn't a foul, and they've been given it anyway, and it's just going to completely be moot. It's like everybody's going to be saying, what's the actual point in it? So I, it comes back to the whole, the, just the standard of referees in general. VAR can be a success if you've got the right guys doing it, which mm. we don't have. So I have absolutely no faith it's going to work. But we're, as, a, as a football nation, Scotland is, is so behind everybody else. It's absolutely incredible. And I think when you were reading off the, the current TV deals and stuff, Norway, uh, Eredivisie, Serie B, and all them types of leagues getting more money than Scottish football, we should be at least challenging up their equal sort of pay and all that kind of thing. It doesn't ever seem like it's going yeah, to because they're not, they're not classified as actual professionals. Aye, they're, they're, it's a part-time yeah. job. And that's part that's of the a, problem. But that comes back to the fact where over here, when you're playing a, an amateur game, the referee turns up with a donut in his mouth and he gets his paid check for 50 quid at the end of the month. That, that's exactly what it's like in Scottish football. And we're never going to see it change. As a, I can't remember who said it now, but Paul was that said it in terms of money. We need it in. And if refs are up to scratch, we like 100%. So I think that kind of sums it up. Um, we'll move on to the, the transfer rumours, John. And you ready for it? I know you've been all down for me to say this. I think I even seen the comments when he, he first came in, or was rumoured to be coming in. But Haxabanovich, how about that? Haxabanovich. You've been Gallop. practicing that, eh? I actually have. All day, all day, all day in the middle. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just saying it to myself over and over again. Do not get this wrong. because I can't even say it. I think it's Saeed Haxabanovich. Do you know what I mean? We'll go with that. He is being rumoured to be very close. Postal confirmed. A guy who can play across the three positions in terms of centre attack and mid, left and right. We were talking about Mieta on the right-hand side as an issue maybe at the start of the programme. Do you think this guy's coming in to, to sit in the bounce or feature quite heavily? I, I I mean, it's difficult to sort of say. I can't imagine Ange bringing anybody in just to sit on the bench. Uh, so I think he's going to be part of the rotation. I think he will see quite a lot of him. Um, I think it sort of spells the end for the likes of Michael Johnson, potentially even Forrest. I don't. It, it depends what your opinion is of uh, that. But we've not seen Forrest at all this season, um, so it could spell the end for either one of those guys, or maybe even both. Uh, but I, it, it, I, I, and again, this comes back to the whole Jota. The way Jota is playing at the minute, I mean, Haxbanovich, as far as I understand, is a, a primarily left-sided attacking player, right? Uh, but he can yeah. play on the right side as well. Um, you you can't drop Jota. There's just there's, it makes no sense to drop Jota because he's probably by far and away the best player in the league. Um, so that leaves who who is it then? Is it Maida that you drop uh, to start him? Um, whether Abada. or not, and, but Abada doesn't even start. Exactly. And, so there's an issue there. 
Exactly. Aye. So who's the end to replace? Again, it remains to be seen. I, I, I've all the faith in Angela, and I know he knows what he's doing. I think that we're a bit stacked in that side. Um, but listen, it, I'm happy that we're bringing, we're still bringing people in, and Angela's obviously go. You see something in him, and he thinks he's going to improve the team. So, hundred percent. Feed the bar comes in. Stephen, that one the alarm. You, you're beat, but your house is beeping, and there's something going in the corner. I have to say, it's a lovely that does vanilla. Look, that that actually does look like your house is on fire. It's a lovely vanilla scented candle, and it's, it's spreading the aroma around the house, and it's absolutely great to be honest. It's not a fire; it's a candle. No issue there. There's still no battery in the smoke detector, so I wouldn't even know anyway. That's, that's, <laughs> but, that's, that's, that's still an open flame, so be careful. <laughs> but in terms of him coming in, right? You, you look at it. People, I watched a great um, interview by Seltzer here, Declan McCampbell done it with the a guy who's very close to Haxabanovich in, in terms of his upbringing from Sweden, going to Montenegro, playing his trade in Russia and vice versa. And he said he can play across the three positions, best on the left, right? You mentioned Jada then. Do, do you think it's a, a case of him coming in, Jada being on the right as he is at the moment, and that's how the kind of status quo? So you got me and him fighting for that position? Again, possibly. I don't know what the, the thing is behind the signing itself or what Andy's thing is. I know Jed's come in here as well and says uh, and says he wants two players for each position. And I, I, I fully agree. I, he, him coming in obviously adds to that, but he didn't want to overload positions because then you're going to... like Who, who, who are you dropping then, right? Like you said, Michael Johnson's probably on his way out on loan or whatever the case may be, but I can't see... Anyway. So if, if you're looking solely at natural left-sided... <laughs> um, You've got, as it stands at the minute, either Jot or my either, right? It depends who you see as primarily their dominant position. Um, and then. Ooh, interesting Abadar. here by Mark. What do you think about that? That's, a, that's an actually a very interesting one. Not good enough. Calling that that early on with me either. That's, what do you think about that? Forrest is a strange one. I don't think. I think maybe Forrest time at the club's done. And like, listen, I love James and he's been a fantastic servant for the club. But I, I think he's, he's, I think it's just time. Uh, I think that's it for him. Um, it, it's, it's no, a nice thing to say. But I mean, like, if if you're bringing in another player that can play that side, and like I said, if you're, if, listen, if if Hagsabanovic comes in and he's primarily on the left, then you're forcing Jot out on the right, and he's starting, right? So, it, I mean, you're, you're definitely dropping somebody. I can't see it being a badder because Angelic seems to like a badder. I know, like he says, we've got, we need Forrest for Euro numbers, but we've got other guys at the club who qualify. So I don't think it's he's that as important as everybody's making it. Um, see it, see it. Uh, <laughs> 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 I see this old smoke alarm. It's a running joke, even in the podcast chat. Anthony done. Are we sure his alarm is faulty? That light's flickering like nobody's business. Sure, that's not a fire. Uh, Alistair Jack, I'm on the KFC. I, mean, I had one today. It was lovely. Had a working singer moon. Absolutely great. Um, and this is a, a good one by Strains of the Doctor. He could be a direct replacement for Rodzik, who's been like Maverick. That, that's a good shot. But is that his primary position? Well, I think he's played their not majority, but he's... Mostly on the left, but kind of in that kind of no inverted role, as you would see, like the left and right back doing, just dropping in that that hole, creating the space and making assists. But who knows? I mean, he could be. Like I mean, Paul McFarlane. Until, until I until he's listen until he's signed, 
and we actually see him play and where he playing or what Angie's plans for him is, we can sit here all night and sit and talk about who could potentially be drafted in favour of him, who, who's, whose position's up for grabs. Uh, I mean, we might not even see him feature. He just might not be good enough to dislodge anybody. Like it's, it, I know we want depth and we want uh, whatever across the board uh, throughout the full team, like we said earlier. But I mean, it remains to be seen. But by all accounts, uh, from what I'm hearing, is he's maybe a top talent. So who knows? Yeah, I think he, like in terms of what we're seeing, obviously from the clips and Euro Scout, Wide Scout, and all that type of thing, he does look a great player. But videos can be a kind of. A, like a fake kind of profile of a player we've seen it before so if he comes in obviously wish all the best and we trust Anz and do you think John that Anz has been listening to the fans calls for a defensive midfielder because there seems to be growing um, rumours that were interested in the Hazek split defensive mid is it Atanovic I think it's something like that My. he's 20, 21 6 foot 2 good build and I've seen in our own actually like podcast website type thing when you translate it it said that there's grown interest and it's quite strong. And I was reading the comments saying he's a great, he's a good player, can pick a pass, he can break up the play. Is that the missing piece of the jigsaw? And I'm going to throw one more in here for you. Where does that lead to the likes of Moy and McCarthy, Idaguchi? So, I mean, what, what does that bode for them? Again, we've got players all over the place. Uh, and like I say, we've got plenty of depth. So, I don't know. I, I still think that that sort of position is one we definitely need strengthening in because. I don't know what it is with Gucci, but we've no really seen much of him. Um, I don't know the reason why that is. Uh, only Ange knows, but we thought he was going to come in and be that guy. Um, McCarthy was never Ange's sign, and I think that the sort of collective agreement is that Ange doesn't favour him. Uh, Moy, uh, he's only just in the door. He was a free, so he's not really, uh, other than his wage, there's no real outlay for him. But again, is he going to be the guy going forward? Um it, it remains to be seen. I still think, though, that we, we need a player in that position. So that the, the rumours of this boy, if he has to split, um, he certainly fits the profile, the kind of player you want in that position. Um, but who knows? Uh, like I say, until, uh, up until this window, shots were going to be linked to anybody. But I, I think we're still, even that, that Misha with PSG, that rumour's no died either. Yeah. Like, it's still floating about. So who knows? It, 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 it's... it's it's interesting because I'm going to put my cards on the table here and be maybe not controversial, maybe a strong word here, but I'm going to say it. From what I've seen personally so far in the three of the big games he's played, I know like the last 20 minutes doesn't really count, but Aaron Moy for me is not good enough. I think he looks very laboured. He runs in straight lines like he's throwing a caravan. Takes about four years to turn. When he receives the ball, he's almost afraid to go on his bad knee where he'd done his MCL which is a bad sign that that's still affecting him mentally from what I can notice. His passing, like everyone says, is, is okay. There's nothing absolutely spectacular about it. I know he broke up one bit of play with Hearts were doing a counter-attack, which is fair enough. A lot of players can do that. I just don't think, John, Moy, for me, cuts the mustard. I think it's a McCarthy signing for me. Not saying it's the boys of the brigade or best friend job because Postacoli's not like that. I think he genuinely signed him for a, a, a part to play in the team, a, a role, so to speak. But this is the first time in a while me and my grandma actually disagreed because he started to like the look of him, especially in the Hearts game. And I was going, I don't, I don't know if you're watching the same game. But for me at the moment, Moy doesn't fit the bill. I don't I don't know why we signed him. It's a waste of wages, in my opinion. I think we could have put that somewhere else. <sighs> I listen, I, I'm, I'm in a similar sort of boat, I guess. I think that 
Much like, listen, and, and, and this comes back to the whole thing about player opinions, right? People are saying, oh, it's too early on, to say on Moy, it's too early to do this, it's too early to say that. And you're right, it's far too early to say that he's even going to be the player that we want him to be. Or that, I, mean, I hope any player that comes to Celtic and puts a jersey on as a success, I want them to play the absolute best player they can be. And I, I want Ants to, to, <laughs> want, want to be able to bring out the best in these guys. But yes, I, I would agree that personally, from what I've seen, Moy, I'm not seeing anything that sort of lights the game up. And I touched on this previously. He's not an impact kind of player. He's not somebody that's going to come on and change the game. Uh, he'll come on and he'll maybe do a job and, and see a game out for the last 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, but this is this is and, and uh, this comes back to the way the sort sorry the, the level of opposition so to speak in Scotland at the minute, and this isn't any disrespect to other teams because we're going to hit difficult games throughout the course of the season. But the way that we're playing football at the minute and playing a high press, we're dominating possession, we're in control of the game, most of the game spent in the, the, the final third. You could bring on an absolute bang average player, and as long as he can take a ball on his feet and pass it, then he's going to look half decent. And it doesn't matter who it is. So it's difficult to sort of say because he's not really coming up against them day where he's getting tested and he's not getting enough time in his legs to be able to say, oh, he's a star. He's definitely going to have a successful career here. So, I mean, but, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the boat where I'd say, uh, from what I've seen of him so far, I think he does. It, I, I think we, we need better. But again, I've, I've not seen anything to the contrary either. And I, like Kevin just said, really? There, Really? Like you've not well, seen anything like, like I said, it's difficult to say because we control games we're in in the SPFL we're in full control <clears throat> we're dominating possession and like I said it's very very difficult to be critical with players in a team where you're in so much control and you're in so much possession it would take them having the absolute worst of games to, to actually be able to point the finger out right and say he is just no good enough End of story, but there is glimpses of what I've seen him where I'm like, listen, it's no good. I think there was one point as well during the Hearts game where he, he was just completely unaware of what was going on about him, and a Hearts player was coming right up the back of him, and he nearly lost possession. A couple of these passes yeah. were a wee bit astray, but it, like I said, some of them were good, some of them were bad. It's difficult to sort of say. And again, I'm not pointing fingers, and I'm we're not looking for a scapegoat, and we're allowed to be critical of players. I just don't think he's the guy going forward. I think he'll do a job in Scotland because we're going to, as I say, we'll run, we're, we're kind of running the roost, I guess, so to speak, in, in most games. But does that mean that when it comes to like European competition, is he going to be good enough? Because I agree with you, Stephen. I think he's no go to in his legs anymore. He's in the latter stages of his career. He's had a bad injury. Um, and I... It's difficult to say, I'm, I'm, and as I say, I'm remiss to say that he, he's, he's, he's terrible because I don't think he is a terrible player, I'd be far from it, but I just don't think he's good enough. Yeah, I mean, before I kind of address what you said, Monty comes in, Stephen, there's no way in the cells could come on a bit earlier so it doesn't clash with the Boise bus. Look, this is what we've worked out as a team, as a podcast, availability plays a big part in the Hot on! Nah, but Listen, availability plays a big yeah, Russell, in. <laughs> is Phil still here? Well, we if they here. are, you're... we were here first. <laughs> but again, it just comes back. Now, to listen, it's a can, can it's we just, just touch on that? Listen, it's a fair point. We love all the guys at the Boys of Bus, and 
I think the support between us both has been, like, for them, for us and everything else has been fantastic. Uh, and listen, we, we've had the 8 o'clock slot for a while now. Uh, and we don't, we obviously don't want it to clash and we try our best to keep it so that it doesn't clash. Um, but sometimes it's not always going to be the case and we can only apologise for that. But like it says, yeah. Phil and all the guys know, like, we love all them and we support them fully. So it's not a case, we're not doing it on purpose. It's not like we're purposely trying to clash or anything like that. And, and, and Judging by the figures, we, we lose it anyway, so... <laughs> I think as well, it just comes down to availability. We all know that, have, yeah, we've, we've got schedules and stuff again, but there's a great friendship between the Boise boss and ourselves. It's, it's no issue at all. Uh, I mean, Paul McFarlane just... comes in, sadly, after Chris midfielder, uh, a ton of these, as I said, hacks a ton of in Scotland for a minute, 100%. But back to Moy, just quickly to kind of round up on him, you did make a great point. There's a lot of people in the chat saying it's too early and all that type of thing, and do, do you know what I mean? It's I just don't. I'm looking at it from a. You see the levels of an O'Reilly, Hatate, a Turnbull, McGregor, and at the moment Moy doesn't fill me full of. And I, I know his job is primarily to break up the play, but he should be standing out a wee bit. And he's not against top opposition. There should be a bit of a bit of spark about him. And I think the Champions League. I've seen the clamour for starting them two as a holding two against certain teams. And he, for me, John, and I know you touched on it. He doesn't have the legs, and it does not fill me for confidence if that's what the plan is. We might be completely wrong, though, Stephen, and it might be that it might be an absolute. It might it might be just what we need, but until we see it, then all we can go on is the the the, the twenty or so minutes we're actually seeing them. And again, I'm just there's nothing that's really exciting me, I guess. Uh, and like I said, when you, you when you're up against a Ross County, um, or a Hearts, and or, or any of these, again, it's no disrespect to these other teams, but we do dominate games at the minute under Ange. We can completely control the games and possession, and most of the time is spent in the final third. We press really, really high. So, I mean, there's only so much you can say because it's it's very, very hard to look bad when you're in such control of a game, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I agree, Phil. I like I said, I'm not. Yeah. I don't think he's amazing, but I, I'm just not seeing enough at the minute that 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 makes me feel like, oh, he's the guy to to play that sort of number eight role or, or whatever going forward. Um. I, I get it. it's just, it's it's a tough one because like I said you you come across as being overly critical. Who, who <laughs> said that? Did somebody say that? I have no idea. Probably myself of one of one of the off the cuff things to do. But I think in terms of why we all have different opinions. It's fair enough. I just have mine, and it's going to take a lot to convince me otherwise. And maybe this defensive midfield player from Hazard Split, Atanovic, may be the guy to kind of fill that. But. I mean, I just want to make the viewers aware. Obviously, we have announced the last couple of podcasts. We're doing the the viewer takeover starting this Friday, and albeit John's rubbing his eyes, he's not that disappointed. He's happy, really. No, Kaiser is tired, Kaiser is joining us first, which is this Friday coming, and then Jed is coming on. So, anyone who's interested, as we said, approach think, the, us on then, social media and get, get after that. It's it's Alistair. At the, Alistair as you Jack, said, yeah. though, at the minute we're doing it. We're going to do it every every couple of months because interest is kind of thing. We we don't want to pack it all out and then be left with nothing. But if we get more and more people want to come on, um, then listen, we might obviously need to to make it a much more frequent thing. But as it stands at the minute, we've got three who are interested who have reached it. So if you're interested, just. Hit one of us up. Anybody, me, Stephen, William, Anthony, Francis, Ross, who, whoever, and then just let us know that you're interested in coming on, and we'll get it. We'll get a, a date penciled in. 
100%. But in terms of a podcast, John, I was going to do a week segment, but I'm not this. I'm going to leave that for Friday. We'll, we'll run with that when Kaiser comes on. But Celtic won. We're two points clear. Top of the league looking down, as the song goes. It's a great feeling. A Celtic football club, isn't it? Aye. And I'd, I'd, long may it continue. I, I'd, I don't want to jinx it, but we, we, we look like we're going to be a very, very tough team to beat. And we're going to be our most enemy this season. If we lose at all, it'll be because we've just we've shot the bed. But we're, we're looking phenomenal at the minute. Yeah, so, I, I'm buzzing. We're, we're got, we're, this is an invincible season, Stephen. Let's go. Oh, no, no. You better be touching <laughs> something. Don't be jinxing that. But, I mean, in terms of that, join us again on Friday when the first year of takeover comes on. Kaiser will be on the bit of crack and stuff. He'll be joining us. A few beers will be open. The, the bar and themselves will be in full capacity, so it'll be a great show. We'll look ahead to Dundee and Eddie game, but to everyone who was watching and who is going to catch up as well, thanks very much and stay well and keep safe. He'll help.